Welcome to the TPH Podcast. I'm your host, Wade Chandler. Joining me as always, Sir Jonathan Fitzgerald. Today we have Matthew Howland. <laughs> you act like you act like you don't see him like once a day, every day. For it's Matt. You know. Matt to everybody from Project Matt. I think we've landed on if we find another person to do this every single year, we're still going to call it Project Matt because Matt was the first. Yeah. Well, when you say we do this every year uh, for the folks at home. Why don't you let them know what you're doing? So what Project Matt is, is the brainchild of us wanting to take someone who's never been hunting. Someone soft and weak and pliable. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just hard, hard cast forge them into a, a, a mean killing machine. Turn them into a real man. No, we're, ki- we're, we're kidding. Take someone who's never been hunting and take them hunting. Like through the, the whole process from training to shoot. Like we started this what? What month? You remember? September. September. It's been like four months. Training to shoot all the way until he felt totally confident behind the rifle, going and sitting in the stand, going through the, the ups and downs, especially this year, which was a lot of downs. A lot of downs. I mean, well, part of me likes the fact that it wasn't just like Ralph Matt, it was over. But the other part of me is like the last time we went to the stand, I'm like, this shit needs to hurry up and happen. <laughs> well, there you get to see the, the therapeutic nature of the outdoors. He did seem to enjoy that. I enjoy it myself. I mean, but we, so take him through the whole process, learning about shooting and so on and so forth. Going and sitting in the stand, actually, well, I guess if you consider that hunting, it's not real hunting. Let's we all we all know, but let, we'll let Wade say it is. In Texas, we sit in deer stands over deer feeders. Yes, it's it's still hunting. Whatever, going sitting in a stand, dispatching the animal, the ups and downs of that, <laughs> uh, and actually gutting the animal, processing it, eating it, like the whole thing. It, you know. From field to table. Yes, field to fork, as the as the kids say nowadays. Yeah. I hope we can find someone every year because it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Wait, has your? It's probably your significant other. Have they ever hunted? Scholar? No, no. <gasps> she has farmed animals. So. How does she feel about it? Me hunting? Yeah. I think the first time we got the coyote, yeah. she was a little. Uh, saddened by that because she <laughs> like me coyotes are kind of cute you know they remind me of my dog back home <laughs> and I, I don't have the connotation of them being ruthless right everybody be nice to yeah. him he's from california yeah <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute yeah but i was I mean, gonna say maybe maybe she would be a candidate I, think be, I was gonna say do you think she'd be open to it next year yeah that'd For, be awesome you know since we took so long to actually get it done she was thinking you know, why not just have me out there to finish it off since you can't do it? <laughs> so that's where we are. We we talked Matt into this uh, to go through the whole process and so on and so forth. And now it's finally there. Were, I mean, we just merely mentioned this a few podcasts, a few posts on uh, the uh, Instagrams and whatnot. And it surprised me just how many people would like check in and be like, have y'all gotten matched deer yet? And I'm like, I didn't know that many people really knew about it, but super interesting. I uh, can't wait to hear your, your uh, take on things. I want you to be honest before we get into all that. Let's get into a little bit of your backstory. Like where are you from? You want a town zip code? What do you want? Uh, Whatever child home like. address, mother's maiden, <laughs> first name, maiden name and your first dog's name. State will be fine. Oh, I'm from uh, San Mateo County, California. 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 Basically think uh, Palo Alto, Silicon Valley. I'm just north of that, San Francisco Bay Area. So that's where you grew up? Yes, sir. Same house my whole life. Really? Yes. Grew up there, and then somehow you ended up in West Texas, which you just, you were just blessed to meet me and Jonathan. Yeah, you're you're welcome. By the way, you can call it that. <laughs> so, growing up in California, uh, obviously you were a little bit in the outdoors, like hiking, I guess, and all that. Mm-hmm. As people from California tend to be, did you ever do any kind of hunting at all in California? Uh, hunting, no. Fishing, 
minor couple handful of times as far as pre-moving to texas uh were you into guns at an early age or anything like that or like how did that come about uh my dad always took us uh to the range you know shoot 1022s yeah and whatever else he had so i always enjoyed it i grew up watching the history channel back when it taught history right you know i love war stuff or adjacent things so guns kind of go with that right being in california it was you know if you weren't if you're not into it it's kind of hard to get into it right um so it took me a few years to finally actually get my first gun and whatnot but what's the process like in california getting purchasing a Uh, firearm i can't speak for now but i'm pretty sure it's the same um you have to get a firearm safety certificate which is a BS little test you do at the gun store it takes 10 minutes. And then the background check is the Nick's normal Nick's check. Plus I believe it's a 10 day waiting period. Um, that's standard unless you're law enforcement, all the rules don't apply to you. Um, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you got into firearms in California, a little bit of fishing, uh, obviously outdoors, enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, move to Texas, obviously. Uh, as it pertains to hunting, are you just like open minded, or was is it like, you know, why did you agree to do this? Are you, you're not against it, are you? I'm not against hunting. No, I'm just not much. I am against. Um, I would say uh, open minded. Oh, just curious. Like, what are these hillbillies doing? Yeah, <laughs> and I'd like to be able to bring home some meat. Yeah. You know? provide for the family that natural about that natural life yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean well, how, how's it you wound up here i well, didn't know if you wanted to <laughs> that's what i'm gonna ask well because okay what do you mean a little bit of backstory uh we used to play xbox back in the Nerds. back in the day 2016 we would have been playing 2016 ish <clears throat> So Rainbow Six, twenty probably twenty seventeen because Ally opened twenty seventeen, correct? Yeah. So twenty seventeen was um, I would have gotten off like the first part of that year. So yeah, it was like right around all that same time. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, it's just mutual friends and yeah, my buddy uh, and roommate Octavio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he moved, moved down here, came to work, uh, went to work at Ally, and then that's how we all met. Yeah. We blessed your life. Yeah. It was just so awesome. <laughs> He's like, man, I want to be a part of that, whatever that is. And we're like, yeah, we get that a lot. Here's an application. <laughs> so working at Ally, you get approached by Hillbilly about doing this hunting thing. Uh, let's talk about like your first trip out here to shoot at the range. What were your like general thoughts? Like, Be, be brilliant, honest. Felt like I didn't know what I was talking about. Whatever. Um, well, you have a way with words, and you talk quite a bit, so I didn't retain much of what you had said, <laughs> and I was nervous. Um, I kind of did. I kind of did rush you through a lot of information too fast, and I was thinking about it. I was like, "Man, you should probably like inquire about his past experiences." Is I had this like rush rush thought process like i need to hurry up and get him through a lot of this stuff so he understands and i think i think what i ended up doing was backing up a little bit when we went to the shooting out of the boom room which right. i mean so i mean i guess i had this uh just general notion that i thought you would like you know shot quite a bit so I'm like well i just have these things and then I, like i said i was thinking about it, like i'm probably going over this way too fast and probably trying to lay too much information because i mean once i start spurting shit out it's hard to stop it <laughs> but the reason why we moved to so we started him out at the range uh just shooting prone like general stuff and like i said i was probably overloading him with too much information but then i moved him inside my boom room which would be more kind of more realistic for the type of hunting we'd be doing mm-hmm. shooting out deer stand window as opposed to laying prone which i mean i give him like a kind of set a standard like once we're shooting this good at this range we're good to go 
like hitting those small targets. But I mean, as the as you came out, which I, you came out what, probably six seven times before we went hunting. Mm-hmm. As the trips progressed, did you start feeling you know confident enough to where you'd be acceptable at shooting game and all yeah, that? Yeah, I think probably about the fourth or fifth time, it, it was kind of like. I'd get done shooting like the ammo you'd laid out for me and I'd kind of look over and you'd be doing something. Right. Be like, is this it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm not very, a, I'm not very a patient person. Um, so I like to get through things. Quickly. Right. Right. I mean, that may not help. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> well, the big so, thing, you didn't, you didn't, I mean, you know, coming here from California, it's not like you like you said you had experience with your dad, but you did also own your own guns. I mean, you had what you brought a mini fourteen, <laughs> uh, California special, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mini fourteen. What else did you have? I uh, built a uh, an AR, California compliant AR. Yes, gay. Like what? What is that? In, like how eighteen did you inch setup, eighteen inch barrel, bull barrel, um, not adjustable, not adjustable, adjustable stock, um, non pistol grip. Yeah, um, that's the most the horrible part about those. Yeah, it's awful looking. Well, you could just hold it like you would do if you're being more right. precise, but not your precision shooter. I, I don't like killer. the government telling me how to hold my gun. There's ways Basically. around all that, but you could just not follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. I think if I were in that situation, I'd probably be even more into bolt guns. What I mean, are right. there any crazy stipulations on bolt guns? I think no 50 BMG. Is yeah, really the only thing that pertains. Maybe no flash hiders. I I couldn't tell you the exact rules on it. Uh, what about like pistol grip chassis? Is that a thing on a boat gun? Like an MDT? I, you know, I think because it's not an a uh, quote unquote assault weapon. I don't think that it's not a semi-automatic. Yeah, yeah so it's allowed totally probably there. But I think not legal advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how many California listeners okay. we have, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you came with that, which you just recently got your first, uh, non, uh, non cucked gun, uh, you joined the, the six power, six hour brotherhood over there. Yeah. You can call it that. Yeah. So yeah. So congrats on that. Thanks. So our first time sitting in the deer stand, what was your thoughts there? Uh, I was nervous, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you told me to be quiet and I didn't really, I haven't been quiet in a while <laughs> hanging out with y'all too. It is the Fitzy. You're not going to believe this, but I've been saving this to talk about on the podcast. Every time he gets out of the truck. Oh, you're a door slammer. He is a door. Slammer. You didn't give him the talk beforehand. Nope. You should have known. We are deer hunting. That's true. There. Now, when we go cow hunting, eventually that shit's got to stop. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to put some bumpers on the door, but I'm like, I'm not going to say shit to the podcast about the door. The funniest part is like, you get, you get a little bit like, not really lazy. Like you get a little bit spoiled by the way I sit up my stands, which oh, is yeah. typically a little bit further away. So you can get away with stuff like that. Some of our stands are even further than the ones you sit in. Some of them are 230, yards. And before anybody says anything, like in those stands, we have spotting scopes and all that stuff and modern cartridges, optics. There's no reason to be right on top, right up on top of deer. It gives you a lot more freedom. And like we'd carry on conversations and so on and so forth, but it does kind of spoil you into talking loud, normal and so on and so forth. And Matt, the funniest part is Matt would be, <laughs> I think it was our first time in stand. Matt would be talking normal when we'd like talk about something, but if an animal come in, he'd just point. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part was the first time. I mean, maybe this is just funny to me. The first time we were sitting there saying we got in there early, no deer yet, and a deer was coming in. And just in front of the stand, like, I don't know, 50, 60 yards, maybe a little bit further, there was a tree, and I had just watched a bird land in it. If <laughs> Matt just pointing over there in that general direction. I'm like, is this motherfucker pointing at a bird? Like, what are you doing, bird watching? <laughs> I finally, I'm like, what are you pointing at? It's a deer over there. <laughs> but I just, I, I got a little chuckle out of that myself. I mean, maybe it's just me. So, what, what was it? Uh, 
nervous, obviously. I mean, anybody who says they're not, like, especially their first deer, uh, which most crowds you're talking to shot their first deer a long time ago, but a lot of them, especially people that are super into deer hunting, like that, those feelings and emotions you're having, they still get that shit. Like, that's why they do love deer hunting. Uh, what was it like? Uh, our third set when you finally shot? Shot a de- at a deer, yes. Was it the first time? First set was a coyote, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So the first first time we're in a stand, coyote comes barreling in. Funny thing, it might end up on like I've got a bunch of reels and B roll saved up for this from after the you know obviously with the podcast we'll start releasing all that stuff. Uh, funniest part about the coyote was it's coming in. I was like, whenever you, whenever you're ready, to, I'll stop it. Just let me know. And he's like what did you say like what are you gonna say and i'm like tell me to stop it yeah i didn't know what you meant by that <laughs> like you take a lot see so you, you know as a hunter or whatever you take a lot of stuff for granted like i don't know it's just funny it, it turned out funny matt smoked that thing it was awesome uh got it on film matt made a nice little reel which i forgot the tripod that day so it's a little bit shaky but anyways it was i think it was the next or the one after i don't remember mm-hmm. so me and Matt talked about shot place, and I told him my like my preferred like for a doe because we're going after mature doe. You know, I don't I don't start anybody out on a buck, which especially this year, deer garbage. Everybody starts with a doe, and then you know, progress from there. And we talked about shot place, but in my personal opinion, either a headshot or a high shoulder shot. Those are my two favorite, which that can be de- debated all day long. It depends on who you ask, but those two are typically like, you know, kill shots right off the mat. And Matt was feeling super confident about his shooting abilities, I guess. <laughs> that he said, uh, we finally, because right around the time Matt started coming, it was right around when the rut started kicking in. So, like, literally every time a mature doe, now we've seen plenty of deer throughout the whole process, but every time a mature doe would come in, this little low young buck or whatever would chase it off. So it was a lot of just watching that happen. Finally, we get in this scenario where there's no buck to chase off the doe, mature doe standing down there. And I'm like, where are you going to shoot it? And he said, I'm going to shoot it in the head. I said, okay. And he missed. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and uh, that feeder is 140. Yeah. If I recall, he was closer or she was closer. Yeah. Just a little bit this side so probably about 130 yards headshot on doe especially west takes doe you're not talking about you're talking about a three or four inch target i mean it's and you're you're not shooting off of a this stand doesn't have a table to shoot off of everything you're just almost freehanded it i mean you got a little bit of rest on the forearm but so it's not especially i'm sure you're a little bit hopped up mm-hmm. maybe excited whatever you hope it's not an easy shot <laughs> you know so and a part of me was like, I, I wanted, I wanted, I, didn't, I wasn't wishing that upon you, obviously, but I wanted it to happen, kind of. So you could kind of, it's, it's almost an emotional roller coaster. It's like, we've been sitting here doing all this work for all this shit, and then I just go mess it up. Like, it's the whole, you got the experience, the gambit of emotions that you run into, especially as a first time hunter. And it's interesting to watch somebody experience that at an older age, because most, you know, again, most people listen to this they went through the same shit as kids. Uh, I just curious how it'd feel at a later age. You can probably shake it off a lot easier too. Yes. You know, yeah. as a kid, it'd probably beat you up for a long time, but it, so he goes for a headshot misses. Not a big deal. Obviously. Uh, now there's one thing I forgot to mention that I, and Matt followed through with it very well, which I liked a lot. When we get in the stand, Matt would drop the magazine, empty the rifle, pick out like something small in the fade or whatever, and he would do lots of dry fire practice. Before, like, when we get in the stand before animals start showing up, some of the stands, even when the animal's there, it doesn't matter. They can't hear it. Dry fire practice. And I can't recommend this enough, especially for uh, younger children. Like, it's going to it's gonna help get the nerves out. It's going to get you back familiar with the trigger. Because it might, you know, it might be like a week for when you'll hunt again in between each hunt or right. sometimes two weeks because like maybe Matt's schedule didn't work out. Maybe mine didn't work out. Or if the weather was shit, I'd tell him, don't worry about it. But every time Matt would jump in the stand, pull the mag, 
empty the round, go ahead and do some dry fire practice. Did it, did that help any you figure? I mean, I definitely felt that it helped. Um, I don't want to jump forward too much, but in the end it didn't really matter. Right. Um, (laughs) I mean, I still do it myself. Like for whatever reason, this doesn't happen very often for whatever reason, if I can't shoot that week and I go climb the deer stand after being like five, seven days without shooting, I still do it. I mean, I, I highly recommend other people try it. You're probably going to have to go that out. But so we had a little hiatus there where we couldn't hunt. Like it, the weather's, it was hot, hot, windy, and all that. Couldn't hunt there for a minute. And then I was, I'm starting, like, it's starting, you know, we're getting pretty close to the, end of the season. Like it's, what, a week or week maybe away? I think it ends on the sixth or something. I don't remember. I started getting a little nervous because. The later, the later in the season, the more it kind of sucks out here anyways. Basically, the deer start showing back up good and on time right after season's over. Because most of the does are bred, but you still got the bucks chasing them off and a lot of stuff's going on. But I, told, I was talking to Matt. I was like, well, we should probably get back to it. So we, we, uh, we put in, I think, one more, one more afternoon in the original stand we was going to. Cause we, was going, mm-hmm. we have a bunch of stands to choose from. But I was trying, like, let's go back to the same spot. Let's kind of go after, let's, you know. We put in one more afternoon in that same spot, and it was just the, it sucked. I mean, we're at that spot in the front. Uh, a lot of mature does are completely run off. So I'll, we made a move. We we made a move to a different stand that was kind of on fire. We had a good cold front rolling in, and I was like, let's go. Let's go time. Now, we've been running the gun that he basically started training with, well, I started him on a two, two, three, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. And then moved him to a, just a bolt gun, six arc, 16 inch, six arc. But the stand we were moving to high probability of pigs. And I didn't want to carry the extra gun. So I was like, here, here's my 14, five, six arc, which is, again, six arc, which in the end worked out for Matt. <laughs> Cause we, we got in a stand, uh, a pig came in, take us through that. Yeah. What, what are some of the. Did you have any feelings whatsoever because it was a pig? Like, did you just kill? Uh, <laughs> I don't have quite or anything or the hatred you do for pigs. <laughs> Obviously, uh, I was kind of excited just keeping the sights on him for yeah. like two minutes. Yeah, because he did kind of roam around, was giving us a fit, and I'm trying to film, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, so I was waiting <laughs> on your go-ahead. I was waiting for him to move a little bit. And I didn't want to hit your stand, your right. feeder, rather. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I felt pretty confident about it. You gave me a pretty large target to shoot at. So. Yeah, big old head on them suckers. Yeah, and you uh, smoked it, and I did catch that on film. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of hard. Again, when you're carrying that camera, we're we're got it on tripod and all that stuff. But when the winds, it was like 20, 30 mile an hour winds that day. It's still going to be a little bit shaky, but we did manage to capture that on camera. Now, with the cold front coming in, a lot of times what happens is, you know, like I told Matt, it's either going to be a great afternoon sit, it's going to be terrible. And actually, there was deer showed up as literally as soon as we got in the stand. I think they were just kind of waiting on us to get out of the way because we stopped and put out some hay and stuff. But they were, weren't the correct deer. Uh, as the afternoon went on, more and more deer funneled in there because the cold front's rolling in. They're going to get in there and feed pretty heavy. And we finally got our mature doe in there. Well, there's a couple, several showing up there towards the end, even after the shot. But finally got a mature doe. Then it was just hurry up and wait because there's bucks in the way. Uh, a year and a half old, another doe in the way. So there's a lot of hurry up and wait. And I had the camera ready. <laughs> <coughs> But I end up not getting it on camera. But Matt folded it like a lawn chair. Perfect. I, didn't you ask me, like, should I go for the headshot? Yes, I did ask. <laughs> and as much as I want to say yes, I'm sitting here thinking in the back of my mind, like, we're getting close to the end of the season. It's windy as shit. Like, the stands actually move a little bit. Probably just go for the high shoulder shot. A little bit less pressure, I suppose. <laughs> and if the shot ain't perfect, it's still going to kill it right as it pertains to leading up to the shot did you get any kind of shaky or anything yes. yeah definitely <laughs> i was still shaky from the boar really hog um whatever it was but i think uh that definitely 
took a lot of it out of me. Yeah. You know, just oh, that was the timing was perfect, and we're running suppressed, so it didn't scare nothing off. Right, uh, they might run twenty thirty yards, and then they'll come right back. And especially with the wind, like it really blowing the sound the opposite direction. Uh, she was a little bit shaky, but obviously you pulled through completely, hundred percent. Smoked it, perfect shot. It was a great shot. I screwed up. <laughs> we're watching. Okay, we're trying to film it, or I'm trying to film. Uh, trying to you know get get the doe away from other animals. You just kind of it's a hurry up and wait game. It's like be ready all the time. But don't pull the trigger till she's completely clear, and I say you're good to go. <laughs> Which I'm sure is a little bit of added pressure when you're just waiting on me to say go. It's right. a lot different when you just shoot at will. It's like there's a couple times, had we not been trying to film it, there's a couple times you probably could have snuck a shot in real fast. But she finally separated over there, and so what I'm trying to do is like make editing easier. So I'm constantly restarting the record. And when she finally cleared everything, basically moving away from the, the majority of the deer and posed up, perfect broadside shot, 130 yards, I, I was like celebrating over there. Like, I go, yeah. <laughs> and Matt was so ready. As soon as I got yeah out of my mouth, he smoked her, he dumped her, and I'm like, oh, I wasn't even recording. <laughs> but, I mean – so you obviously got to see her fold up like boom, you know, fold yeah. up like a lawn chair. Was it, I mean, what was the emotions at, you know, pretty excited or, um, first emotion was pretty excited cause she didn't take a step forward yeah. and she went down and then her head started moving. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God. <laughs> cause they're, you know, yeah, I think deers are kind of cute. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like, mean, I'm not going to say anything's cute. <laughs> my, my manhood won't allow it. Uh, yeah. But. What if it was a puppy? No. Can, a, a kitty cat? A kitty? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was, I was curious. Okay, so. Fold her up like a lawn chair. She threw her head up like three, four times. Then she just laid down and died. Expired. Right. I was curious how, like, I was curious to see how you reacted like if it was going to bother you emotionally like did you have i'm sure for a minute you're like shit yeah that's <laughs> i mean you want i i i will i don't want to take anybody hunting who doesn't have any sort of remorse for the animal or hunting like well what about pigs it's different nobody likes pigs <laughs> i mean i still if i still even though there's a mangy ass hog and all that I still feel like you should do everything in your power to ethically and quickly dispatch the animal you're shooting. I don't. I don't think anything deserves a non-ethical quick dispatch, except for some pigs. Now, I do have a caveat to that, and that is when a huge group of hogs shows up. First one always gets a headshot. Everything after that, just get a bullet in it. Now, if you can drop them, that's fine. Kind of sucks picking them up, moving them. I'm not as like I, you know, I don't know what it is. They're like cockroaches. So I just have no feelings. Well, I still like them. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, define define remorse for me. Remorse, like I can put it into like I feel bad. Well, you said you wouldn't take anybody hunting that didn't feel remorse. Just curious what you mean. If I that. took someone hunting, like if I took Matt. And he just, you know, pulled a shitty shot, shot the deer in the gut, and was just like, oh, well, I would never take Matt hunting again. Okay, I can see that. I don't know if that's remorse. How is it not? Remorse would be like... Uh, what would you call that, then? Say remorse is almost reverence. Say somebody that doesn't have, like, respect. I think respect would be about uh, it. Semantics. Yeah. No, I'm just curious. So, 
pure excitement, you know, then a little bit of, oh, and yeah. Then when she, you know, I was like, she'll expire, but we're not going to go get out just yet. Because obviously, you look at her and she wasn't moving, but, you know, I never recommend running. I mean, I guess if it was a headshot, it wouldn't matter. But, you know, aside from a headshot, you always like to try and give them time because they could be literally on their last dying breath. You walk up there and go tug it on they get that sudden burst of energy and go. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, they're wild animals. And if you hunt long enough, you're going to see a lot of stuff that I hope people feel bad about. Like, I don't, I don't like to see coyotes, bobcats or deer again, pot, pigs. Meh. I don't like to see them run off wounded. Like you, you hope that they feel bad about that. Or if they did a bad shot, you feel bad about it. Like, well, I mean, I feel like some people are going to not agree with this, but I don't really give a shit. I wouldn't take them hunting. <laughs> but anyways, we didn't like get out just right out, right off the bat and go up there and rush the situation. We got out. We went down there. All of a sudden, she's expired. Uh, was there like a ton of relief? Like, you know, how did you feel about the situation once we got down there on her? On her? Um, I was more surprised by anything like how light she felt right um you know, i'm used to dead weight being yeah heavier but welcome to west texas matthew <laughs> she he was said, a, he said your your deer management program is shit uh even when uh, it's still a doe i'm just kidding uh last year was our heaviest weights ever and i, I think our heaviest doe on the hoof now that's not good or anything maybe 140 i mean and then this you know rut they get chased around a lot they lose you know some weight she probably weighed 120, 130 mm-hmm. tops on the hoof, you know, for good mature doe. And they, you know, some of your South Texas doe are even smaller than that. Not a bunch, but they're going to be probably. If you get one 100 on a hoof, it's probably pretty good size for what, South Texas. But anyways, uh, any any other surprises? Like Any surprises? Once we got down there to her. Uh I mean, I couldn't really, I only saw the exit wound. I didn't really see yeah. the entrance wound. So I was kind of curious about that. But. Yeah. So it was a match bullet and it, it exited. I thought they'd just blow up, John. So we, that particular day, we were, we're running the same ammo through both guns, six arcs. That particular day, he was running my 14.5, six arc with a, a load that hopefully we get the offer next year. It's been tested pretty extensively this season on pigs and deer. It's a 105 grain bullet. That's all I'm going to tell people. And it, yes, it's technically a match bullet. Crazy. It's killed a lot of animals. And it at the slower velocities, like the, the 14.5, it's only looking at like a little over 2,500 feet per second at the muzzle. It's going to, uh, the base is going to hold on. Like the majority of the bullets going to mushroom and, you know, do its damage and, uh, drop a lot of energy but it, the the base of it's going to travel through so you, it's kind of like the best of both worlds type scenario but anyways i digress so we, we gathered it up took it back to the shop and the fun farm again mm-hmm. how did you feel about the gutting part i was more curious than anything really yeah um it's like obviously you're cutting around the, the anus and whatnot and then as soon as you open up the abdomen everything kind of balloons out yeah and i was more expecting that like out of a bloat like an animal that's been dead and bloated right. for a while right um because i think we did frogs in middle school but that's fish right. <laughs> like that's like all i know really you know <laughs> i've done a bunch of them uh the, t- the table you know again different scenarios we'll eventually like if you want to continue hunting we'll do all kinds of shit like gutting it in the field and all that kind of stuff teach you i mean it's kind of the same process we're just doing on the ground which sucks i have these less convenient yes i have these tables that literally hold it at the right height for getting everything easily accessible exiting the the internals into a gut bucket like it makes it the tables are the way to go i don't care what anybody says but I mean, there's also different ways to do that process. Like there is a growing up, I didn't know how to gut a deer for many years. And we had been hunting deer since I was a child because dad never gutted them. We would literally start out the process that we did when you came back, which is hang it up, 
we'd literally skin it out, bring the skin down, and just cut all the meat off of it mm. around the outside. Because back then, we didn't get tenderloin. So you just didn't even open up that part of the cavity. You'd get the hind quarters, back, back strap, front quarters, neck. Nothing else. And literally take the skin, put the carcass back in it, get rid of it. Interesting. I don't think I, I don't think I gutted my first deer until I was 24 ish. And yeah, we just didn't do it that way. But anyways, so gutting wasn't that bad is interesting. I mean, I find it interesting. My favorite part is look and see what the bullet did and to be able to show people, especially people that are new to hunting, like this, you know, this is why I told you to shoot there. Cause this is what it does. Like it perfectly clips the spine the blood vessels because that all that blood that was in there right that's from those blood vessels those uh i don't know why i can't never think of what they're called we've went through this so many times uh nerves nerves those two main nerves two main arteries and the spine it gets them all and you're hitting them in the shoulder so it's taking out the running gear so y'all we gutted it that night hung it for a couple days the temperature was perfect to hang it for a couple days you came a little too cold yeah yeah come find out that was uh it was great but it wasn't great <laughs> it made skinning it a pain in the rear when it's that cold uh y'all came back you brought your significant other miss schuyler what's her last name jones schuyler jones you could look finding that is it is it soon to be uh it's <laughs> you know not to put you on the spot or anything don't tell us look at the camera and tell her yeah it's a short time horizon <laughs> Were you are you gonna propose to her on a podcast? You could do it no. right now. You can propose to her. That's right a now. great idea. Wade. Right now, Matt. I don't have the do ring. Do it. I don't have the ring. You can go you don't need it right tomorrow. now. You can just pretend it's in your pocket. No pressure. <laughs> God, man. I, I mean, I can like do real, it now, and then you moment. can save it for whenever I actually do it. Then we'll always have that over you. <laughs> Force me to marry you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, our fans want that yes when we when you come i say we hung it for what was it two days yeah, uh, a day and a half yeah technically because the temperatures were like the cold front came in it was cold as shit and it ended up actually freezing damn near freezing the deer completely which in turn made it a pain in the rear of the skin like which i mean once we got it going it was just getting it going was painted, butt, and then like the back strap was kind of painted, butt because it was hard to get underneath that uh, layer of fat skin because it was frozen. And then like I, like I told you, I'm not the guy to learn that portion of it because I'm I'm just a get it done kind of person. Usually, it's I go way faster than that. I was having pain. I was trying to be more methodical and meticulous for you. He was putting on a show. No, no, there was no show. I was, was it was. Had it been a deer for me, I'd have been hacking like crazy. Like, I don't know. I was trying to be more methodical and uh, walk Matt through some of the stuff I do know, which I would 100% like, I'm not the guy to learn this from. Wade's <laughs> not a, a very patient person. No. I'm a hack job when it comes to get. My thing is, is like, I will take my time getting that back strap off for the most part. Because that's like, that's, that's good shit. Everything else, I'm just like, <laughs> let's go as fast as possible. Let's move on to the next step process. So we got we got the meat off, uh, put it in our little totes, brought it down here, got it, some of it in the freezer, got some of it chilling, and then I put together a little semi line of kids and Matt. <laughs> of, uh, again, this is where some people are going to differ, probably most people. Uh, I, I like a higher quality of hamburger meat. So we we take a lot more time cutting away all the grisly, like anything that does not look good to me, get it out of there. In which we do save all that for dog food. Uh, we've got plenty of it. Some might call it wasteful, but hey, you're, it's not your deer, so piss <laughs> off. I like a super high quality, and we, we mix in our own little mix of uh, uh, bacon trimmings and a pretty pretty healthy mix like it's damn near 50 50 if yeah. not more what well, i mean it does uh get your run your meat out further like you get more packages of meat and to me which i hope 
Well, we're going to be eating deer burgers after this. I hope, I hope you like it. <laughs> you got a little, you got a little taste before we came over to film this. Yeah. So was that? before we come over here, oh, we, uh, y'all, we forgot the most important part when we're gutting it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I pulled the heart out naturally because it's the best part. Well, I don't know. Max Chef's pretty. Because Wade doesn't have one, so he has to externalize that. Jesus, <laughs> just come at me. So we pulled the heart out. It kind of was a joke. Like I was, I was gonna go ahead and start trimming it. Like some of the shit I know I cut off usually. I cut a a little slice out of it and hand it to Matt, and he like before I even say anything, he was like, "Eat that," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and he just threw that. He ate it, and I'm just like, I kind of feel like a bitch now because <laughs> I've never done that. So I had to cut me off a little slice and do it. You gotta absorb its essence. Exactly, it died for you. you gotta- <laughs> so. I don't, I don't just watching you. I don't think it was a huge fan of the raw heart. It wasn't bad. It was no. just too much. Well, raw texture in general is just, well, either like it. Either my slice was much thinner than the one I gave. He's going to say, you gave him a, it was a pretty, <laughs> it's pretty hearty, pretty hearty space. Yeah. Like not quite a pe- like a normal cut of steak, but damn near close. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty hearty. And I, like I said, I did a much Pat thinner heart, slice. Hearty. Get it? That's why I said that. Yeah. I did a much thinner slice and it wasn't bad, but much rather. I'm with you. You need to do like a carpaccio or yes. like a little bit of a little bit yes. of juice, a little bit of lemon juice, a little salt. Uh, so he had a little bit of heart, like manned up, just boom, yeah, doing that. While what we typically do is when we're nowadays, when we're uh, cleaning it, pulling the meat from the bones from the carcass, we will go ahead and take the tenderloin because I mean. Tenderloin's good, but there's not much of it. Mm-hmm. Even on a oh, big buck's pretty good size, but it's like usually there's people gathered around. We just we, here lately we've just been throwing them on the grill right there. Now I'm probably gonna take a little bit of seasoning down there and put it and leave it in a little deal because a little bit of seasoning can go a long way. But I mean, it kind of gets you like this is how you'd do it if you was like roughing it, I guess, or whatever. You didn't have seasoning, kind of gets you uh, over a mesquite wood fire. Get you like the all natural taste of a cooked piece of deer tenderloin. Uh, what were your thoughts on the tenderloin? I mean, to me, it almost just tasted like steak. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not really a connoisseur when it comes to meat. Well, um, fortunately, despite being from San Francisco, <laughs> despite being hiya. <laughs> so you know, it it was good. I ate it. Yeah, my girlfriend ate it. Did, yeah. you t- did you have any, was there any kind of gamey taste at all to you or? Not really. I'm, I'm maybe more seasoned as pertains. There, there was a hint. Yeah. I thought that's just me. Uh, probably, it's probably not like what most people get when they take their shit to the processor. And I went through all that with Matt. Like, this is why we do this. Yes. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Cause there are a lot of highway robbers and crooks. Yeah, that too. And then you just now. I'm not saying all of you guys are like this. I'm sure there's guys out there running tip top setups and all that, but all the ones I've tried, uh, don't matter how well you shoot your deer or whatever. It seems like every time you get meat back from it's super gamey tasting. And I think that has a lot to do with you. Probably not getting your made. Maybe someone's gut shot ass deer that, you know, died over two days. They died over two days and they didn't even pack it right. Yes. Yeah. And then, so the gamey, I went, we should have got, Oh, we should have done this. We should have taken, like, I should have shot a doe prior and had it took it to the processor so you can taste the difference. Because I'm telling you, it's hugely different, especially as it pertains to like any of your hamburger meat products. Because they're just like, all oh, this shit goes in there, and that's what they grind up. Like, and I think that's where you really benefit from processing your own. You know, you're getting your own meat. You can you can go. Like I said, there's videos on all this stuff. Like you can actually learn something mm-hmm. <laughs> as it pertains to the processing side. You can go as simple, which is basically my method, or as extravagant as you want. Like I said, there's people that like they'll break them completely down and cut out the rib bone and make a little mini tomahawk with the back strap. Uh, that doesn't seem like all the work. I just rather pull the back strap out. But you can go as crazy as you want. But what you see, what you get typically out of processors is. All that stuff we took our time, sweet time, cutting out all the little tendons, all that. They may get uh, some of the big stuff off, but a lot of that shit's going right into the grinder. And so that's where, especially with deer fats, disgusting. I don't care what anybody says it is. Uh, 
that's where you get that super gamey taste is like hair all that nasty bullshit that we're cutting out that's where the gamey taste comes from if you take your time and really put some effort into it it tastes to me amazing and there's an argument could be made some people like deer meat because it is a little bit gamey tasting i have a line i draw somewhere i don't like super gamey meat uh, to me there's no sense in it but anyways before coming in here uh we had so basically all we did was all the meat was we made a bunch of hamburger meat and we did the back straps wrapped in bacon you know before coming in here you had some back strap wrapped in bacon prepared by miss brooke what was your thoughts about the back strap because i feel like it's the best cut on the deer it was delicious i thought i mean it's super lean obviously mm-hmm. uh that's why we wrapped it in bacon but i feel like when cooked properly and that's the kicker it's amazing that's probably my favorite piece uh and you got a whole bunch of it now yeah <laughs> so the real question is are you ever going to deer hunt again yeah probably you heard it right here folks <laughs> what, what what are your like i mean is there any pre, like any preconceived notions you went into this that you felt or thought one way and then, you know, post shooting the deer, you feel differently about it or you just kind of, you didn't really care before. And now you're like, Oh, I can see myself doing that. I definitely didn't see it as the stress relieving activity that it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. when we were in the truck yeah. on the way back, I kind of felt like a dump of, yeah. Of stress just go away. Yeah. You know? I mean, just being I'm trying to tell Fitzy this all the time. <laughs> just being outdoors alone does that for me. Yeah, like good deer hunting is not my favorite thing to do, obviously. But just getting going, sitting in the stand, like there's the first few times both of us read our books before the deer started getting. That's one of probably one of my favorite things to do. As soon as I get in the stand, go ahead and read a chapter, get it knocked out, and then you just sit there and watch nature. Uh, sometimes we'd bullshit. It's a fun thing about hunting with more than one person. Uh, to me, just being out in the in outdoors hunting, I guess it don't even have to be hunting. It's just something about it. Like if I ever get you to go on like a week long trip, you'll start to see that times more. Uh, one thing I noticed that once once I'm gone, and I, I noticed this a lot when we're all dead hunting because I just have profound love for that country, and when we're up in Oklahoma once i'm there for a couple days and i kind of get over the stress of being gone and like get over my craziness of wanting to be working and just kind of settle in like i'm here to hunt like this is what i'm doing i can literally go to bed and wake up without a alarm anything at all uh just totally detached from the cell phone at a certain point and you just get on this natural I'm sure there's Fitzy's got some smart words about this. You know, this like <laughs> I'm sure that the smart guy over there's got some better ways to say <laughs> that brain man. <laughs> brain man. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's called, is it circadian rhythm? Your circadian rhythm. Yeah. You get on that after you're there for a couple of days and you just naturally all stress leaves and you're just doing the thing. Like it's the grind. It's the hunt and everything. It, it really starts like these little mini hunts is one thing, but man, once you're in it for like a week or whatever, and you're just, especially when it, you're like racking up miles. It's and, so primal, bro. You're over there. I'm not going to say that. Where's your Sitka and your, your bow and <laughs> your supplements? I'm not gay. Start selling supplements. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to get some love, but whatever. I get, I totally get what you're saying. That's why I love hunting so much. It's, it's, it's my one one time where I can just forget about everything. Once I'm there for a little bit. Right. Forget about everything. Just focus on what we're doing and hanging out in nature and all that good stuff. Well, and y'all, I've, important to note, y'all aren't uh, doing the whole beer blind thing. It's actually. No. No. That's no. that's not how things go out here. So Negative. It's most people. They just get away from their wife and drink a bunch. Like, it's so yeah. stress relieving. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else? What is, what is some... Uh, more comments about it like hey well, i definitely would credit my kill to mountain house <laughs> he did make a mountain house that day yes that really you know <laughs> settled me yeah kind of gave me a base to work from mountain house be strong enough 
Beef Stroganoff. Beef Stroganoff. Best one. He was pretty. I noticed in like a certain tone. He was super excited about this goddamn beef stroganoff. Like he talked. It was almost like he was trying to sell me on it. Wait, have you reviewed it yet? Because he reviewed a bunch of. I don't know. I need to go back and look if I did the he beef did stroganoff. Not do the beef stroganoff. Matt's like, I know all your mountain house. <laughs> Much like Disney's Star Wars <laughs> and or streaming now on Disney Plus. He but, won't listen to this, so he'll never hear how great oh, he'll it is. listen to this. You think he will? Yeah. Since his co-workers in here? Mm-hmm. Interesting. We're talking about there's a there's a particular autistic person who works at Ally Outdoors. <laughs> we're talking we're talking bad about him right now. He'll be one of the next guests on the. Uh, Hopefully, I would love to have him in here. Honestly, yeah. I think watching him shoot a deer would be the most fascinating thing. Like we we pitched to him before we did Matt, didn't we? He's yeah. a bit of an odd duck. <laughs> but like I don't because he's not a he's not an outdoor like. No, no, no. You're, out, you're an outdoors guy. Yeah. Like, you drive a Subaru. Drive a Subaru. You wear Birkenstocks. Birkenstocks. Uh, the Birkenstocks. Jesus sandals. Jesus sandals, everybody. Um, <laughs> with socks. So, yeah, with socks. He has socks on, which is... Is I, there any I other way that. if you're a white male? I hate people who wear <laughs> sandals with open-toed... Awful feet. Nat, yeah. I do it during Fangs. the summer. It's totally acceptable during the summer. Yeah. But anyway, this other guy, he's not an outdoorsy no. guy at all. No, he is a gun guy. He's very big gun guy. So it I would be interesting to go through the same same process with Sean. I bet he'd be good at it. I don't know. I don't know how he would handle everything post the shot. I just don't know. He does not seem into it whatsoever. No, like because I, I think I I think he would be really weirded out about the gutting. The only thing I know this for a fact: the only thing he's ever killed is a dove. <laughs> And like I remember, it was a big deal because we used to joke about it. How he was like upset about it. <laughs> like he's really cut out and, and, and he shot it with a two twenty three. <laughs> nice. Did it blow up? No, it didn't actually. I I, had the, I have the picture somewhere. Um, oh well, we need to set him up with some better ammo. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it's FMJ yeah. stuff. Uh, but anyway, I don't know how he would handle the uh, processing the animal. But even then, like, he wouldn't he'd probably be even interested in eating it unless you could get, like, Chewies to cook it up for him. <laughs> like, that's the other thing. I bet we could figure out do some fajitas with it. Yeah. yeah. I felt kind of bad taking that opportunity from him. Why? I feel great that you did, because I don't think... I don't well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't do the podcast or any of that no. stuff either. So no, no, he wouldn't have done the podcast. He probably would have come out one time, that's it. So, we can expect you'll be deer hunting next year is what you're saying. Yeah, maybe we'll we maybe we should go. Isn't there that guy in South Texas where you can go learn his uh, way from, of like from field to table? Yeah, yeah. We should go do that and cover it. That'd be fun. I would like to be. I watched. The, I, well, I say this, but I'm not sure if I have the right temperament to do okay, the like. Here's the deal: the super processing you, thing. Let's be honest. You and I taking classes together. Not a good While idea. Wow, amazing and hilarious. <laughs> not great learning environment. I we're, just not, need, we're not the best students. I need one of y'all to learn the bougie shit. Him and I can go. I'll break it down off the bone. Yeah, you do the manly and stuff, and we'll do the uh, like the girly stuff. <laughs> girly stuff. Yeah. I'll prepare the, the you know the red wine reduction. Oh, with Jesus the, Christ! Yeah. Mm. So bone marrow. Yeah. Is now that you've got it. It's done. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to hunt? Like now that you've hunted, you've killed, you've tasted first blood, first blood. Um, probably a bug. Rad. Just something like a trophy. Imagine like three years from now, he's all like, "Yeah, I'm going up. Uh, I'm going up to Colorado. <laughs> I have a, a big elk hunt. I want to do an elk hunt so bad I can taste it. That's a lot of meat." I'm all about it. Maybe we'll do it next year. You going to go? Trope up and down the mountains? 2023, John? 100%. (laughs) 2022, John? Fuck that. But it's okay. Maybe you're not supposed to say fuck. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, it's okay because it's 2022, John. Next week, I'm going to be a completely different person. I'm sure of it. I think that's a good place to wrap. I'm really hungry for the steer burger. I am too. 
Yeah. I need to text Brooke right now. We've been in here all day. I had a regular oh, burger for lunch, so I get to compare the two. It's pretty good. I mean, like you said, it's like half you know, bacon trimmings. Yeah. It's um, it's delicious. And if it's not, it's Brooke's fault. <laughs> Have you gained any perspective on hunters now? Any perspective on hunters? I don't think Wade's a typical hunter. What's I'm getting at? Like, do you feel better than those guys? Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> the, the orange vest guy. Oh god. Orange, orange army. I think is what people call. It. I don't know. I had a somewhat skewed perception of hunters. Whoa, we're not ending it yet. I want to hear this skewed perception. Well, I I had one friend growing up who hunted, and he was an orange vest guy. I mean, that's how you do it out there unless you own land, right? Um, just you know, certain kind of person. <laughs> I'm sure in California, especially though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't imagine. Nice guy, still friends. He's talking. So about you're not going to talk too much shit about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, there is when you you realize because my interfacing with hunting has largely been as a result of Wade, right. And you see, like, before my experiences with a lot of hunters was not all that great. <laughs> and then you realize, like, on this side, like, yeah, they, like, the serious people also feel the same way about those people. Right. Right. Who kind of just fuck everything up for everybody, um, more or less. But, uh, yep. how did you feel? Because I know you said you brought some meat, uh, for Christmas to your, uh, future father in law. How did that feel? <laughs> did you go there and slap that shit down? Like I'm, I'm bringing sustenance. Well, I actually didn't get the opportunity to hand mad. it to him. My girlfriend. I feel like that would have been a definite power move. My girlfriend grabbed <laughs> it out of the car while I grabbed his Christmas like, present. Eh, give me that. I don't um, know. Is that more of a power move? Because it's like your daughter's eh. handing you the meat that I provided. I am Hunter. Did I, you say yeah. that? Were you, wear, were you wearing camo to Christmas? No, I wore a jean jacket. Nice. And a hoodie. <laughs> Yeah. Little denim. It's the only denim I got. I need to get some jeans. Rad. Some Wranglers to get them starched up. Yeah, maybe some selvage denim. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Selvage. It's the high quality stuff, Wade. Jesus Christ. Do you find it in a mine somewhere? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see where Matt goes with this. Agreed. I hope he like a couple <clears throat> years from now he's like super into it. Like that'd be cool. Scheduling trips and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. How do you feel? You shot a coyote. Yes. Right. You said some girly things like they're cute. It's they're fun. cute. It's okay. They are cute. They look at that wolf over there on the wall. It looks kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. Bobcat as well. How do you feel about coyote hunting? Would you do it? I think that was the one I had the hardest time with was the coyote. Really? Yeah. Because it, you know, it tumbled over back on itself. and Yeah. It's kind of That's kind of a, it was deer, deer round and, yeah. If you don't shoot them in the head, it's gonna. They're so light skinned compared to anything else. It's gonna go through them. Take them. I mean, it died within like a few seconds, but still, yeah. It, it doubled over, fell over, and then died. Yeah. And it looks Varmint so much bullet. like my dog. That's probably the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. Varmint bullet would have just been like done. You know, total different scenario. You wouldn't have had to watch that little bit of struggle. So, are you out on coyote hunting? No, I'm not out on it. I'm an attorney. That's definitely, yeah. Like, well, the, the I'm an attorney. Like, kind of coming into his stands a lot different too. Experience. Yeah. Um, last question: If you were to give advice to somebody who is like same, who was in the same position you were, maybe curious about it, but has never done it, is there anything you would, any advice or feedback you would give that person? Well, it's kind of hard obviously because i have access to yeah somebody who has access to all this right um so find find a mentor i guess would be the yeah find a mentor I, yeah i don't know how you'd get into this otherwise like i wouldn't have any idea how to get into hunting <laughs> yeah i mean let's yeah, facebook kind of, groups yeah just don't be a dick to your friends well just yeah you meet people i i think the biggest thing with that would be find people who are in the community and, sh and voice your interest because it's not 
like Wade's whole aspect of this is he thinks it would be really fun to do this. And a lot of those other guys are the same way. Yeah, there's a lot of it was like, oh, you're you're new to this? Like, yeah, come come on. And I I want I want as many people to experience it as possible. Right. I mean, even if, even if we did come out total different, like if you shot deer and just broke down tears and like this shit is not for me. Make great content. I mean, yeah, I'd well, it's, it's kind of the, you. Well, regardless <laughs> regardless of whether or not you actually enjoy it, it's yeah. It's experience you, to understand it, right? Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with like anti gun or gun people. Right. And that's kind of one of the big things I've noticed with hunting is I've seen way more people who are actively or like doing things to get other people into it versus just doing it themselves. Cause it's kind of like, it's kind of like anything else, you know, once you, once you're already in it, it's like, well, I want other people to experience the same thing too. So, you know, a lot of the times I've been out, you know, my personal experience, right? Like hunting, you know, bobcat or coyotes. It was just because like, yeah, come on, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, any advice you would give to the people coaching them? AKA critique Wade. That's, that's what I mean. uh, you know, I had a lot of experience with Wade before this. <laughs> He's so saying I, you're, you're an acquired taste. Yeah, very much. Probably, probably much different scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, when the coyote came in, you were just, you're telling me to do that. And I listened to you and it all happened so fast. I didn't yeah. really have time to. So you're saying yeah. is, uh, if people would just listen to Wade, things would go a lot smoother. Is that what <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> for the people teaching, I'd say. Well, okay. Reaching across the aisle, right? Thinking from the perspective, you're the California guy, you know, you're, you know, there's a lot of like the don't California, my Texas. There's people moving out to more red States and like, what, what what's the best approach do you think for those people to reach, you know, almost like reach across the aisle and just be nice. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally it. Be welcoming. Yeah. Cause if he was like a dick, a dick, and openly hostile to me, like what? Well, you never here. fucking killed anything, you fucking Californian. And I'm yeah. a hunter, rawr. Like if I was a different type of person, I may take that well yeah, and want right. to like prove you wrong. But right. well, I think that's kind of the biggest thing is you know as whether it's you know hunting gun owners or even just politically right, like being a friendly representative of whatever you believe to other people, even if they definitely disagree with you. I think that's a little bit that's the best way to go about it. Cause otherwise you're just going to like reinforce their yeah. preconceived notions. Yep. of things. Right. Like, oh man, hunters all must be assholes. Cause this guy's an asshole. If they do end up ever getting into it on their own again, they may not have the, the lessons that can actually help them or yeah. keep them safe. What would, uh, you recommend for a new hunter's first rifle? Ooh. Oh God. That's a fucking <laughs> conversation. <laughs> do we have another podcast in this? Right. Uh, Probably about what you ran, six arc, six arc. You think that is an accessible entry yes. level thing? Yes. The reason really, that's the first one you go to. Yep. For we're talking about deer hunting strictly, correct? Because most it's mostly going to be semi-automatic. There's not very many bolt guns out there. I'm still now. This is very particular, uh, specific to our situation. Yeah. Somebody in Matt's position, kind of into ARs and shit like that, uh, coming into it. I would much rather, and I actually thought about starting on AR, but I was like, yeah, he's starting on bow gun. Yeah. <laughs> but any other, you know, the time, like someone in your situation, like kind of in that, that call of duty realm and all that kind of bullshit. Battlefield, please. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, nerds. Uh, oh, it's actually pronounced sea of thieves. You know, kind of into <laughs> guns, but not really into boat guns. Like I, I would hundred percent recommend the six R again, cause it's, it's such a versatile caliber mm-hmm. works fine for whitetail and it can be had in that uh, AR platform. Whereas that, that might be a, a draw alone for that person is like the cooler looking rifle as opposed to like, there's always these negative connotations with boomers and their boomer rifles and all that shit. Whereas like you look at some of the shit I hunt with absolutely ridiculous, but <laughs> now, okay, let's, let's back you down a bit. Cause I don't, I don't know if, what about on a bolt gun? Like if it can, like if, Okay. Everybody doesn't pick up their shit and come somebody out wants to get into hunting and long range shooting, right? Or like more of like that longer range. Probably just a six creed. Yeah, a six creed, not six five. No, it's well, it, okay. If you come at me and be like, I want to, I want to shoot a mule deer, and like I'm having all these big plans and long range shoot, I'd probably go ahead and put you towards a six point five. But a six creed is basically just the six arc on steroids. 
So if they're going to be primarily like white tilling down, long range shooting, six creed, it's totally fine. If I can't find a six arc, uh, if you're going to like maybe venture out a little bit larger game, or if you just you want a bigger bullet for whatever reason, <laughs> a six point five creed. That's, if you think I mean, the .03 is going to make a huge difference on the terminal performance of the round, meh. yeah, <laughs> we got it all that earlier. <laughs> I think I'm trying to think of that there's a saying for the 30 cal like when's like oh, 30 you know <laughs> two two world wars yeah I think uh people in from your side of the house I think uh I wish more people would be like you uh, just in general not even about hunting you yeah, pretty chill yeah pretty chill and that, that makes it easy uh definitely easy to uh teach and all that stuff, which mm-hmm. I mean, you had prior experience with firearms, which made things way easier. Like I said before, we'd have started with 22s had you not had any kind of experience. You, know, you have a lot of experience with Sea of Thieves, so you know how to work as a team and like your contribution. So, <laughs> did we ever play that together? No, we didn't. I yeah, I didn't think we did. Uh, I just know you love it. It's super open to like whatever. I think people from your side should definitely be like that. Like, hey, before just deciding I don't like this thing, you should go try it. I mean, just totally open to trying it, and uh, I thought I feel like we had a good time. Yeah, well, it definitely <laughs> took me a few years of my life to uh, become open to doing pretty much anything. Really? Yeah. So prior to moving here, you wouldn't have been about hunting at all. I might have uh, the past a few years. Like, uh, there's a few years I just didn't do anything with my life. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, um, we all we were all there at some point. Hmm. And then I, you know, I got a job with some good. <laughs> some good guys and kind of got more confident in myself and right. did some new things. Well, hang out with men. You hear, you heard it here, folks. You heard it right here first. Wait real quick. right before I cut you off, favorite, uh, favorite battle of the American revolution. Yorktown. Why? <laughs> Why is it your favorite? Why not? <laughs> okay. That's good enough for me. Don't put me on the spot. Like I thought that. it was like, so, like he's like, oh, so and so died, you know. Because the Hamilton song, it's really good. <laughs> you want to sign it off? Can we can we wrap this up and go eat some deer? Yeah, wrap it up. Well, this is the last podcast of the year. Uh, coming next week, we're going to do a year in review. <laughs> but anyways, be sure and jump on Ally Munitions. Help support all this crap. We appreciate y'all watching. Look forward to another year interview and maybe having Matt back on once he goes and kills a buck and or coyote. Once he he starts up sheep hunting in the mountain. sheep hunting, mountain hunting, like everything. <laughs> I can busting. see I can see you mountain hunting. Totally see you getting into it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. If anybody would like to sponsor, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bye. Governor Stags, please. Oh dear. Because when you split that, see, I probably should have cut the orange off. Oh, he just went for the whole thing!